Dear listeners, are you tired of the endless cycle of fad diets and extreme measures? It's time to wake up to a better weight loss solution with Robody. As someone who's been through the ups and downs of weight loss, I know firsthand the challenge of trying to find what will stick. That's why if I qualified for Robody today, I'd jump at the chance for a scientifically backed program that supports long-term success. With Robody, you'll gain access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market, paired with personalized lifestyle changes. Over 200,000 people have already chosen Row to help them lose weight. Say goodbye to the roller coaster of weight loss dreams and hello to sustainable, real results with Robody. Go to row.co slash snoozecast. Sign up today and you'll pay just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Medication costs are separate. That's ro.co slash snoozecast. listeners. If you enjoy our show, please write us a review. Also, share it with a friend. This episode is brought to you by The Murmur of a Neighbor's Lawnmower. Tonight, we'll be reading the opening to Stephen Leacock's 1912 Sunshine Sketches of a Little Town. This humorous and affectionate account of small-town life in the fictional town of Mariposa is inspired by the author's experience living in Ontario, Canada. The book illustrates the inner workings of life in Mariposa, from business to politics to steamboat disasters. Close your eyes, relax your body into the softness of your bed. The Hostelry of Mr. Smith I don't know whether you know Mariposa. If not, it is of no consequence, for if you know Canada at all, you are probably well acquainted 
with a dozen towns just like it. There it lies in the sunlight, sloping up from the little lake that spreads out at the foot of the hillside on which the town is built. There is a wharf beside the lake, and lying alongside of it, a steamer that is tied to the wharf with two ropes of about the same size as they use on the Lusitania. The steamer goes nowhere in particular, for the lake is landlocked, and there is no navigation for the Mariposa Bell except to run trips on the 1st of July and the Queen's birthday, and to take excursions of the Knights of Pythias and the Sons of Temperance to and from the local option townships. In point of geography, the lake is called Lake Wizenati, and the river running out of it, the Osawippi, just as the main street of Mariposa is called Missinaba Street, and the county, Missinaba County. But these names do not really matter. Nobody uses them. People simply speak of the lake and the river and the main street, much in the same way as they always call the Continental Hotel Pete Robinson's and the pharmaceutical hall Elliot's Drugstore. But I suppose this is just the same in everyone else's town as in mine, so I need lay no stress on it. The town, I say, has one broad street that runs up from the lake, commonly called the main street. There is no doubt about its width. When Mariposa was laid out, there was none of that short-sightedness which is seen in the cramped dimensions of Wall Street and Piccadilly. Missinaba Street is so wide that if you were to roll Jeff Thorpe's barbershop over on its face, it wouldn't reach halfway across. Up and down the main street are telegraph poles of cedar of colossal thickness, standing at a variety of angles and carrying rather more wires than are commonly seen at a transatlantic cable station. On the main street itself are a number of buildings of extraordinary importance. Smith's Hotel and the Continental and the Mariposa House and the two banks, the commercial and the exchange, to say nothing of McCarthy's block, erected in 1878, and Glover's hardware store with the Odd Fellows Hall above it. Then on the cross street that intersects Missinaba Street at the main corner,